All right, who's got a physical Bible with them right now? Physical Bible, hold it up in the air. If you don't, come find me, we'll get you a Bible. I want you to turn to Numbers 20. We're gonna start reading out of verse one. Numbers 20, verse one. And it reads like this. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zen, and they stayed at, the, they stayed at Kadesh. There, Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron, and they quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so that their livestock can drink. One thing I want us to catch here is that God gave Moses a direct command. God gave Moses a direct command to speak to the rock and that the community would have water. He was to grab the staff and do what to it? Speak. Everybody say speak. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me, enough to honor me as holy in sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I have given them. These were the waters of Mirbah, and the Israelites quarreled with the Lord where he was proved holy among them. See, here's the issue. Moses was given a commandment to speak to the rock, but instead he takes the staff and he hits it twice. See, God still gives them a blessing but because he did not obey the command that God gave him, he is now forbidden from seeing the promised land that he's been waiting for for 40 years. Now, is 40 years a long time to you? Most of you are probably only like 15 in this room. I'm probably the closest to 30 in this room. 40, I mean. <laughs> Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm probably the closest to 40 in this room. And that's 10 years away. That's a long time. Forty years they've been waiting to get to the promised land, but yet because they did not obey what God asked them to do and speak to the rock, he hit it twice and now they can't make it. My prayer for us is that we would obey God's word. But hear me, if you don't catch anything I say tonight, in order for us to obey God's word, we actually have to be in God's word. In order for us to be obedient to God's word, we actually have to read God's word. I don't want us to get this misconstrued. Sure, I'm going to be talking about obedience, and I'm going to be talking about the importance of obedience, but 
In order for us to be obedient to the word, we have to know the word. We talk about this often, coming up with a morning plan, a devo, a 15 minute, like spending 15 minutes with the Lord every morning is not hard. The first 15, five minutes in prayer, five minutes in devotion, five minutes with worship in any order. But that's our goal is to get you to be in the word so you can obey the word. You're taking notes. I want you to title this message, Obedience. Obedience is our way of showing God that we love him. It is through our obedience that God recognizes us and enables us to enjoy his love. This in turn will allow God to reveal himself to us and activates God's power to work in our lives. You ever disobeyed a parent and got caught? (laughs) I remember back in high school, 15 years old, probably one of my first real relationships. I got my cell phone, and whose parent, like anybody else's parent in here take their phone at night? Like you would be, like, you, like you're trying to go to bed, and your mom would be like, your phone belongs upstairs at 9.30, and so you can go to bed and not be on your phone. I think more parents should do that today, because you kids are on your phone all night. Like, I really do believe that you guys should get your phone taken from you more. Based on the reaction I'm getting, I think it needs to happen. You guys need to get your phone taken away. But I would, I would then go put my phone on the dresser every night at 9.30. And this is the first time me and this girl were talking on the phone. Like, we're talking on the phone every night till about 9.30 when I had to put my phone away. And I would grab the house phone. <laughs> Who knows what a house phone is in here? Y'all don't know what a house, y'all too young know what a house phone is. Landline, we had two phones. One in the kitchen and one in my mom's room. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Who still has a house phone? Y'all lying. Ain't no house phones in y'all house. Y'all's parents still got a house phone. That is hilarious. That's funny. But I would then grab the house phone from upstairs. And it was funny because I would go downstairs. I'd be like, (laughs) you know when you're in high school? Yes, because you know you're like, some of you are like, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm in high school right now. But when I was in high school, like, I was awkward talking to girls. Like, I was very awkward. Like, I'd be on the phone downstairs, and I'm just like, yeah, so, <laughs> how's first period for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not how was second period, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get that note I left you in fourth? <laughs> And it was just awkward. It's like, like, what do you say? Like, how do you build the firm? Like, how do you build a real relationship in high school? It's weird. But I would love talking on the phone with her. My mom would make me put my phone away. Then I'd get the house phone. I'd run downstairs and I'd hide under the cover in the pillow. And I'd be like, yeah, so I'm back, baby. What's up? This is, be- this is before you. I love you. So I'm back, baby. What's up? It's like nothing, just chilling. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. That was awkward. This is weird. But my mom would then pick up the landline. And she'd be like, um, son? I'd be like, yeah. Are you on the phone with somebody right now? Yep. Uh, all right, whoever he's on the phone with, uh, he's grounded. He won't have his phone for the next couple of days, and he'll see you at school tomorrow. Click. She'd come downstairs, and she'd lay into me. I told you to put your phone away. You all disrespecting my house. Da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, da-da-da. You know how we are, like young men. Like, yeah, whatever, mom, whatever you say. 
So the next day I see her at school and she's like, that was so awkward. And I'm like, yeah, I apologize. This was like when you live with your mom in high school. But then I would then do it again. Get my phone taken away for four days. And after those four days, she'd be like, all right, call me when you get your phone back upstairs. Like she would allow me to like, she would be the one I would be dis- disobedient for. Like I would be like, yeah, I want to talk to you longer because I love you so much. So then I'd get on the phone again. And this time my stepdad picks up the phone. And he's like, young man, come upstairs. Young woman, don't hang up. So then I'd go upstairs and I sit down and they put it on speaker. It'd be me, my mom. I'm gonna call her Jennifer because I'm not gonna out her name. Me, my mom, Jennifer, and my stepdad all talking on speakerphone, having a weird conversation. And she'd say, you know, Talyn is being so disobedient since he met you. And I don't know what it is about what his attitude is like now, but it's just different ever since you guys started talking. So I'm going to ask that you guys just don't talk anymore. Like, mom, why you? (laughs) Come on, man. You playing with this player. Like, but I would disobey my mom so much just to talk on the phone to this girl that it would ruin the relationship I could have built with someone. But it was because I was so focused on what I wanted that I missed what my mom was leading me to. So oftentimes, I think of myself when I read the scriptures because I'm like, yo, that that could have totally been me. God told me to speak to the rock, and instead of speaking to the rock, I hit it twice. And oftentimes, I think that's us in our life. God has us somewhere he wants us, but instead of speaking to the rock, we hit it twice. There's a relationship that we're in right now that we're not supposed to be in. God asked us, To speak to that relationship, instead, we hit the rock twice. There's some friends that we are not supposed to be with any longer. There's some addictions that we're supposed to be giving up. There's some lies that we are supposed to stop telling. God is asking us to move forward, but we keep hitting the rock twice. What I want to challenge you with is if God is asking you to move, you should move. If God is asking you to obey his word, you should obey his word. The Bible is very clear about it. When we trust the Lord with our lives, we have to trust the change that comes with it. And if I'm being honest, I think some of us, God has put in a position to obey him and instead we are beating the rock when he asks us to speak to it. And all of it creates distance from God and his word. And what happens when we're distant from God and we're not obeying what God has for us? There's confusion. Write that down, confusion. You start living for your fleshly desires and not what God's will is for you. Oftentimes, humans' thoughts and views in your world are louder than God's word. Now, if you're living for God, but the people around you are louder than what God's word is, then we should probably get back to Scripture and start realizing what God has for us in this Bible. That that we should not be confused by what man is saying because God is saying everything that we need right here. So there should no longer be any confusion because God is telling us, he's laying it out for us. He's giving us the scriptures. We're spending time in our prayer closet. We are devoting our lives to this good book, the Bible. We have to obey what God's word says and that comes with a cost. Following God is going to cost you whatever is distracting you from a relationship with him. 
Giving up friends you love dearly is hard. Following God is not a part-time gig. Friends, this is long-term. Following God is not something you do on Wednesdays and Sundays. Following God is forever. So I'm not just here to get a word from Pastor Talin or Malachi. I'm here because I need the seed from God to wake up on Thursday morning and realize I need to do the same thing I was doing last night. What is that? Praise and worship my heavenly father who put me on this earth. I need to be obedient to God's word. And I, it's going to cost me something. I have friends that I love dearly who I do not hang out with anymore because the position that they left me in is not where God has me right now. When I was hanging out with those people, weed was my main choice. When I was hanging out with those people, sex and drugs was my main choice. But God said, if you would give them up so you could pursue me, you would be happier where I'm taking you. So it's going to cost you something to follow and obey what God has for you. Are you with me tonight? It's going to cost you something. You've got to give something up. It's not a part-time gig. This is forever. Oftentimes, disobeying God causes regret. It can lead us to a season of regret. And not just with God. Can I say this, please? Last night, I was talking to some of our student leaders about honoring your mother, your mother and your father. And can I just go on a side tangent to say that if you don't honor your mother and father, you can't honor God. That if your relationship with your mom and dad is on rocky terms or the people who, the people who raised you are on rocky terms, that you should probably fix that. Because you can't honor your mom and your dad and also honor God. The Bible's very clear about it. But what I'm saying is oftentimes I wish that I listened to what my parents told me when I was 15 because I'd be so much different than where I am at 30. Finances. Could have bought a house. Things would be so much different if I had listened to what my parents told me when I was 15. I don't want us to live in a season of regret. The book guides us to where we need to be. So let's continue to pick it up. Let's continue to read it. Disobeying God can lead to a season of hurt. When we live out of a place of self, we rely on self. I am relying on me to keep me happy. And I can only do so much in myself. What I need is the Bible. What I need is community. What I need is people who are living kingdom friendships. I heard it said like this. If you don't got kingdom friendships, then you don't have true friends. If you don't have people in your life calling you up or correcting you, then you don't have real friends. If I can't call my best friend to, tomorrow and be like, bro, I'm struggling with A, B, and C, and them give me life advice, tell, oh man, let's go hit the blunt, let's go smoke the weed, let's go to the park. I don't have real friends, family. And I need to get some kingdom friendships in my life because I can't do this alone. It causes hurt. Like I bet Moses was heartbroken when God told him, I'm not taking you where I promised I'm taking you because you didn't obey what I was saying. I told you to speak to the rock and instead you hit it twice. I've had, I had a plan for you, but you had a plan for you. I wanted to take you somewhere, but you wanted to take you somewhere. Got four reasons why we should obey God. Number one, obeying God is an act of worship and love for God. One of the ways to demonstrate our praise and worship to God is by obeying his commands. Through Christ, who died on the cross for us, gave us so much. 
that we cannot help but do what he says, which is to praise, worship, and please him. As children of God, we are to do what he commands. By doing so, we demonstrate our love and worship. In John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commands. But how many of us know that the only way we can find out God's commands to obey what he's saying is to actually open the Bible and get in the word to understand what he's saying to us? But oftentimes we rely on people like Malachi and myself to, to get up here to tell you what you're supposed to be doing, but the book tells you what you're supposed to be doing. So in order to actually worship, please, and praise the Lord, you've got to wake up and have a devotional plan. How many times can I say it? It's important. Are you with me? Let's get in the word because that's where the life comes from. However, our obedience to God should come from the heart and not in a resentful manner. Honor and worship the Lord because you love him and you understand that without him, you fill a void. Without God, I feel empty. Because I devoted my life to Christ and because I devoted myself to reading the scripture, because I devoted myself to being a Christian follower of God, without it, I feel empty. And there's a void in my life. So I, I, I praise him, not in resentment. I praise him because I love him. I praise him because what he did for me. I praise him because without him, my life is incomplete. Number two, God rewards obedience. The scripture says that God blesses and rewards obedience. In Genesis twenty-two eighteen, God promised to bless Abraham's descendants because of Abraham's obedience. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. We should not just listen to the word of God and teaching and preaching, but we should do Obey what it says. Again, how do we do that? We get a devotion. We start asking our leaders questions. We start taking our faith a little deeper. When we do, God promises to reward us. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it, Luke 28. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land, Isaiah 119. Think of the story in John. I remember sitting in this very room, we're praying for invite night, Thinking of a story of John, we're praying for invite night. And in John 21, I believe, Jesus walks up to the water and asks, did you eat? Have you eaten breakfast yet? And he said, no. He's talking to Peter. And he says, all right, well, cast your net to the right side. So then Peter picks up his net and casts it to the right side. He then catches 153 fish. But why? Because he's obedient to what God asked him to do. He was obedient to what God asked him to do. And no, he did not roll his eyes. Oh, fine. Man. No, he did not get frustrated. God, why? Why do you always tell me to do different things? Like you said this morning, do this. And now you're saying do. No, you know what he did? He threw it to the side. And guess what happened? He got blessed because of it. Oftentimes, God is asking us to do something. And yet we live what we want instead of what God is asking us to do. He's saying, throw your net to the other side. Get out of this relationship. Give up those friends. Stop lying. Give your life to me. And yet we're like, you know what? I have so much control of this. I'm fine. I can have one foot in culture and one foot in kingdom. 
and I can be confused, and I can be hurt all the time, and I don't have to take my pain to him. You know why? Because I got this. And yet, this is why we are having so many deep conversations with our leaders, because we have not fully committed ourselves to God. That's the ultimate goal, is to build a relationship with Jesus. One foot in culture and one foot in kingdom does not provide a life that we want to live, friends. Number three, obedience demonstrates our faith in God. We show our faith and trust in God by obeying him. When we, are, when we obey, our faith in God increases. Hebrews, <laughs> say that one more time. Hebrews chapter 11 gives an account of heroes of faith as a result of the acts of obedience. Through their obedience, their faith in God was built up so much that they did exciting things for him. True obedience that shows our faith and trust in God means obeying him even if it does not make sense or when we are unsure of the outcome. Even though I don't understand why I'm not headed to the college I want to get into. Even when I don't get the job I want. Even when the friends that I think I love aren't responding to me. Even when it feels like the relationship I'm in right now is the right one even though I am still going to follow Jesus. Because guess what? It's his will for my life, not mine. So even when it doesn't feel right, or even when I don't get it the way I want it, or even though things aren't shaping up the way Talin wants his life to look like, I'm still going to praise and honor the true king. Can I get the keys to come up, please? When God says move, I move because I don't want anything else but his plan for my life. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So even though I'm going through deep, dark valleys, God is with me. God is comforting me. And even when I'm on the mountaintops, it's not a time to give up. It's a time to lean in. Because I think oftentimes, if I can be real with you for a second, because I did this. When I'm building a relationship with Jesus, Things are going right in my life. I oftentimes will not praise him when things are going great because I feel like I've got it figured out. But when things are a little rocky is when I start getting on my knees. How many of us know that we are ought to be praying God every day of our lives? That in the high moments, we're obeying God. In the low moments, we're obeying God. When it doesn't feel right, we're obeying God. When things are a little weird and relationships start to slip, we are still obeying God's word over our lives because that's what we are called to do. I don't wanna just praise God when things are bad or say thank you, Jesus, when things are good. Man, I can take you back to the story of Jordan and I when we were trying for a kid. I can't tell you how loud I got saying thank you, Jesus, when I found out we were pregnant, but I also was loud when it wasn't working for us. I could take you back to when I lost my dad in 2016, the year I gave my life to Christ. The same year I said yes to Jesus, the same year I lost my dad. And in the valley, I was still praising Jesus because I knew at the end of it, no matter what, it was his plan for my life, not mine. 
Number four, obedience helps us grow strong in faith and boldness. God has promised that he will, that if we obey him, blessings shall follow. It's crystal clear that blessings come as a result of obedience. God has promised us if we fully obey him, blessings will come. Deuteronomy 28, 14 outlines the blessing that God promised if we obey. Notice the blessing will come if we fully obey God and whatever we ask, we receive from him because his commandments, and if we do those things, they are pleasing in his sight. When we walk in obedience, we also grow stronger in our faith. Our power does not come from the fact that we are in control of our lives, but from the fact that we are obedient to the one who is in control of our lives. When believers declare, not my will, Lord, but yours, it's an act of surrender. And friends, I think some of us need to surrender. I think some of us are holding on to control still. And instead of giving God what we truly should give him, he gets a fraction of our lives. I mean, if we really think deep, does God have every piece of our life? I know for me, as the one who's up here on the stage often, I could say no with confidence that I have not given God every single piece of my life. And I'm still striving to do so. So friends, it's not like we're gonna figure this out together tonight, but it's a journey, it's a process. But the process and the journey means that we are getting dirty with the scripture, means that we are going deep with the word, means that we are on fire for what God has for us, means that we are worshiping in the high moments and in the valleys, means that when times are hard, we are not giving up, means that we are leaning in, means that we are pressing forward, means that we've got to give it all to Jesus. What I'm focused on is being obedient to God's word because I know where he's taking me, because I know where I was. How many of us have been on a journey with Christ, started in a low moment, and he's brought us to high places? I can't have my joy robbed from the world. Do you know why? Because I've got too much at stake here. And I, I can't lose this. You know why? Because God is too important. And the scripture is too important. And the word is too strong for anything to come and try and knock me off my pedestal. You know why? Because I have God and he's faithful. But I wanna obey God's word. And again, if you don't catch anything I said tonight, it's fine, catch this. We can't be obedient to God's word if we're not in God's word. We can't say we want a firm foundation like we were singing tonight if we aren't actually reading about firm foundations. Guys, building our relationship with Jesus is the most important thing we can do in life. I remember Quentin saying this, Breakfast Club, when he first preached, following Jesus is the littest thing you can ever do. And I will stand on that until the day I die because it is the littest thing you can ever do. The best decision I ever made in my life next to marrying my wife was following Jesus. That's it. That's, that's the goal. That's what we were created for. That's what he knitted us in our mother's room to do, is to follow him. We ought to give everything, everything that we have to God. There is not a piece of me 
that I don't want God to have and I'm still working on it. Because there's still some battles for humans, right? Like we go through things. But there is not a piece of me that I don't want God to have. From my relationships, to my job, to my friendships, to my marriage, to soon being a father, all of it starts here. We gotta build a rhythm with getting in God's word so we can obey what God is asking us to do. Some of us are still living in hurt because we try to control our own destiny. And God is saying, if you would just release it, I can do wonders. Can we all stand across the room? What I want us to do is two things. One being practical. The other also being practical, I got it. So two practical things I want you to do. It's tomorrow morning. I want you to open up your word, your Bible, if you will. If you don't have the Bible, come find a leader. We will gladly get you a, a, a Bible. Or if you wanna use it digitally, download the, the Holy Bible app. But what I want you to do is I want you to open it up I want you to start reading a proverb a day. Then I want you to text your leader. If you don't have a leader, come find one of us. I want you to ask a question about that proverb because I want you to start putting practical principles to actually reading scripture. And I know some of you personally, so I'm gonna hold you accountable to it. And leaders, hold your students accountable to it. The second thing I want you to do so I want you to start practicing obedience. Remember, you can't honor God if you don't honor your mother and your father. So the, the guardian, the person that's above you, I want you to tell them thank you. Even if they didn't do anything, I just want you to honor them. I just want you to say thank you for having me. Thank you for being my mom, my grandma, my guard, whatever. Say thank you to your parents. Love them well. Start there. and watch what starts to happen in your life. So the moment you start honoring them, you start honoring people around you, you start honoring your teachers, then you can fully honor God and start obeying his word. And that's where it starts. Let's close our eyes, pray, and then we can exit. God, I just, what I thank you for for your word, Lord. I thank you for the life that it provides when you open it. God, I thank you for the statistics of how much better life is when I am in my word. God, I thank you that when I'm studying scripture, depression starts to fall. God, when I'm studying scripture, anxiety starts to fade. God, when I'm studying scripture, my mind starts to clear. Lord, I thank you that there is a generation of young kids who are ready to go out to the world and say, guess what? I'm gonna obey God's word because I'm gonna start reading God's word.
So Lord, we thank you for every young heart in here tonight saying, Lord, tonight's the night that my life is getting ready to change. Lord, I want nothing else but you in it. So God, would you strengthen us? Would you guide us? Would you show us your way? And starting tomorrow, would we have a spirit of honor in everything that we do? Would we learn to obey our parents, love our parents, treat our parents with respect so we can do the same for God? In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.